Welcome into the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here after Kansas fell to Baylor 61-6. And man, that was an ugly game. Uh, A tough way to wrap up the 2019 season. But we'll spare you the details of the game in the podcast today. Uh, We'll focus more on a big picture view of what to make of the 2019 season for KU. And looking forward, what maybe to expect a little bit from next year. We'll talk a little bit about the recruiting process where KU's at right now heading into National Signing Day, that kind of being the next thing uh, coming up on the schedule for KU. But starting off with uh, just talking about this season as a whole, for Les Miles' first year, I think you could say this was um, a success. I would honestly say, you know, if you take into account from start to finish the year as a whole, the way that Kansas played, um, the moves that were made in terms of, you know, the coaching staff as well, I think there is definitely some things to look back at and say, you know, it's positive. There are positives for KU going forward. I think you start off with Brent Deerman taking over as offensive coordinator. Now, the offense was still pretty volatile in terms of performances. Uh, You look at, for example, this week compared to something like last week, you know, not a ton of consistency on a week-to-week basis, but we've seen just how good this Kansas offense can look uh, under Brent Deerman, and I think that's positive going forward, especially when you look at the fact that you return basically all of your skill position players. You know, you're basically you're losing Dalen Charlotte, and outside of that, you get Andrew Parchment back, you get Stephon Robinson back, you get Puka Williams back, Velton Gardner, uh, and even you know on the offensive line, yes, you're going to lose Hakeem Adeniji, Kevin Feeder, Clyde McCauley, Andrew Tovey, but you get back. Uh, Chris Hughes, a guard. You get back Malik Clark. You get back uh, Jacoby Lott. You know, you get back some of the guys on the offensive line. Yes, you're going to lose some of the big pieces there, some of the figureheads of the offensive line for this season, uh, but you're going to get some of those guys back for next year. So from an offensive perspective, I think things are, are positive for KU going forward. Now the issue being who is going to play at quarterback. Les Miles said KU's going to look to bring in a quarterback. Uh, he said they like Thomas McVitie and Miles Kendrick, but that they're going to try and bring in another quarterback. And I think when you look at the way that this season has gone and the fact that Thomas McVitie did not take a snap at quarterback, yes, he took snaps on the field, but n- he did not get uh, a look at quarterback. I think that can speak to what maybe the staff thinks about him uh, as a prospect going forward. And the fact that Les Miles was honest in saying that hey, we want to look for someone else to bring in. So there is going to be a question mark going into next year at the quarterback position. It's kind of, it stinks that, you know, the first two years of the last miles era is going to be, uh, there's not going to be consistency there at the quarterback position on a year-to-year basis. But you never know, maybe KU finds someone in the transfer portal uh, that wants to leave another Power 5 school. And they say, hey, you know, you can come to Kansas, be the guy for the next, you know, one, two, three years, depending on, how much eligibility they have left. So there is going to be, you know, some question marks around the quarterback position, who is going to fill that. And also, you know, in terms of everything else in the offense, they're going to have to come in and learn the offense. Now, granted, you know, Brent Deerman has said, or didn't say, but the players have said that Brent Deerman doesn't even have the full offense implemented. So you think you get a full off season of implementing that offense. Uh, Now they do have a little bit of a head start. The guys that are here right now, because they've been working with Deerman and they, they know what to expect from him. 
But let's say that quarterback does come in, they're going to have to learn it all in an offseason, which is what you know the quarterbacks had to do this past season with Les Kenning's scheme and then moving into Brent Deerman's scheme. But with another offseason of prep for Brent Deerman, I, I mean, it feels like the sky could be the limit for the KU offense once they get a quarterback into the program and working through what Brent Deerman wants to do offensively. Now, I will say I I would be surprised in terms of uh, people returning if people end up transferring. Uh, I don't see that happening for a lot of the guys, especially with the ways that they've talked about Brent Deerman as a head coach and a lot of the other offensive staff. You know, The guys in the wide receivers room have spoken really highly of Emmett Jones uh, and what he has done. So you do have some, some rock stars on the offensive staff going forward. Now, of course, there is a little bit of concern in terms of the offensive uh, play that things were a little uh, inconsistent this season in terms of uh, performances on a week-to-week basis. I think that aspect, and also with the inconsistencies, I think you saw teams figure out how to defend KU in the offense. Because early on in the season, I talked about this on the podcast a little bit, but when Brent Deerman first took over, teams kind of uh, sat back a little bit, would basically let kind of the wide receivers run past him into the by behind them into the the third level of defense, if you will. You saw Texas Tech do that. You saw Texas do that, and it burned both those teams in back to back games. Now, what you saw against Kansas State and Oklahoma State was that teams pressed and then bailed, and that forced. KU to keep everything in front of them. So it'll be real interesting to see with an offense, you know, with, with this offense, with an offseason of prep, seeing how teams were able to slow down KU in recent weeks. I think that could maybe help KU too, where Brent Dearman says, hey, you know, this is how teams have defended us and this is how they've had success defending us. This is how we can counteract it. So I think for KU going forward, there's definitely some positives there on the offensive end. But also, I mean, you look at the recruiting too, you're going to get some serious wide receivers coming in. Uh, I think, you know, first things first, Lawrence Arnold, uh, a wide receiver out of DeSoto, Texas. Uh, we've got him rated as a three-star guy, but looking at some of his highlights, man, he looks like a, a big-time playmaker. Uh, you wonder if he'll be able to produce as a, as a true freshman at the college level going against, you know, Power 5 talent. Uh, you didn't necessarily see a ton of true freshmen making huge impacts this year for KU outside of Gavin Potter. So, It'll be real interesting to see where he kind of fits in if he maybe fills in uh, for maybe what Kwame Laster's role is this year. Maybe he goes and tries to fill Dalen Charlotte's role uh, as he's leading the program. So there are some guys coming in uh, in terms of wide receiver talent that you should be excited about. In terms of a tight end talent, um, Will Huggins, uh, a local kid out of Overland Park, uh, he looks really impressive. I've seen uh, his film. He looks like a guy that can make plays in the open field. Uh, tight ends didn't get a lot of targets from KU this season, but maybe that's something with uh, more time for Mason Fairchild, the tight end, or for Huggins coming in, being a pass-catching guy. Maybe they'll get some more looks next season. Uh, now, in terms of the defense, you know, you are going to replace some serious, uh, some serious talent there on the defensive end. You think about guys like Mike Lee that are leading the program, Bryce Tornadin. Uh, you look at the outside linebackers, you know, you're losing Azur Kamara, Najee Stevens, McKenzie, but you are going to get back, you know, Gavin Potter. He's going to have another year under his belt. Kyron Johnson's going to be back next year. Drew Prox is going to be back next year. And I think what you saw this season is how big of a loss Drew Prox was because earlier in the season, you know, you look against, you know, granted it was against lesser opponents, 
but Indiana State, Coastal Carolina, and even Boston College to some degree, KU was able to slow those teams down defensively. Uh, and that's something maybe you couldn't say in recent weeks from the KU defense. Now, if it's Drew Prox playing instead of Gavin Potter, you know, maybe KU is able to, you know, maybe that saves you. I don't even know what a point per game would be worth for someone like Drew Prox, but maybe that saves you three points a game having Drew Prox in there instead. So you're going to get him back next year. You know, you're going to get that core of the defense back, the middle linebackers, but you're going to have to replace a lot of the secondary. Corion Harris didn't play the last couple weeks of this season since it getting injured against Kansas State. So it'll be interesting to see for him next season, hearing what the injury is that forced him to miss a season, if it's serious and how it could affect him going into his junior season. But you're going to get Kyle Mayberry back in terms of secondary talent. Davon Ferguson will be back. And I think that you know KU, you look at who they're bringing in, that's the most of this recruiting class coming in are guys on the defensive end. You think of Brennan Scott, uh, the guy from Texas who's going to play inside for KU. Uh, he's a really highly rated guy. We've got him as a, uh, as a high three-star uh, right now. And then you think Jacoby Bryant, a cornerback from Alabama. Uh, he's someone that is one of the, the gems of this recruiting class so far as well. So you're bringing in some, some high-level talent. It's just a question of in year one, are those guys going to be able to produce for KU? And that's going to be the money question. You know, You saw Gavin Potter. For some of the good moments that he did have, you think about, you know, against Texas when he was allowed to rush the quarterback a little bit more, the good moments he had there. But there's going to be a lot of young talent now on the defense, especially uh, in this in that secondary and at the outside linebacker positions. A guy that I'm real excited to see come. Uh, it depends if he enrolls earlier what happens. But Kari Coleman is a guy from New Orleans uh, who I've watched his film, and man, he looks really good. So. He'll be someone that to watch for kind of through spring and fall. If he doesn't roll early, if not just through fall camp, what type of role he fills. Uh, and also for someone like, you know, for Kyron Johnson, is he going to move back to outside linebacker? And how does that change things? And you go with a, uh, a Gavin Potter and Drew Prox center of the park in the 3-4 scheme from DJ Elliott. You know, I don't know. So those are the things that we're going to have to work through, you know, through spring brawl and into fall camp. Now. I will say this as well. I was not as impressed with DJ Elliott as I was at the beginning of the season. Uh, I mentioned the Drew Prox injury, but you, know, you think back to early in the season, KU, I felt like was able to get some, some pressure on the quarterbacks, and that just wasn't the case as of late, uh, especially towards the end of the season. You, know, you look at what KU's done uh, in terms of defense you know, the past couple weeks. You give up 40 points to, or 41 points to Iowa State, 31 points to Oklahoma State, but that could have been a lot more. Oklahoma State, it appeared, you know, kind of pulled its foot off the gas when Spencer Sanders got hurt. But then you give up 38 to Kansas State, 34 to Texas Tech in the win. You give up 50 to Texas, 45 to Oklahoma, 51 at TCU. You know, so since that Drew Prox injury, a lot of those point totals are really high, and that's going to put a lot of pressure on Brent Deerman in the offense if KU's not able to keep games and opponents, you know, under that 30, 35 point mark. So. I'll be interested to see with another year under the scheme, how the defense looks next year. Um, and in terms of, you know, what you're going to do defensively, that front three is really important too. Yes, you're losing Darius Moraney, you're losing Cody Cole, but you're going to get back Caleb Sampson. Caleb Sampson, you're going to get back Dejon Terry, who's going to redshirt this year. Maybe he's able to play a little bit more for you next year. Um, so you've got plenty of guys that are going to be able to step up 
into new opportunities. It's just a question of, you know, are those guys going to be able to perform with those new opportunities uh, and with more pressure on them? So for the defense, I think there's a lot more question marks there than there is with the offense. Uh, it'll be really intriguing to see, you know, what KU does if they tweak things. You know, Bryce Tornadin played a lot of that hawk position, so basically de- the defense looked like a uh, like basically a three three five at times, a lot like what you see with Iowa State. So are they going to go back to playing kind of more of a true three four two outside linebackers? Who's going to play that hawk position? These are just some of the questions that you'll have to kind of answer going into the next season. Now, in terms of just recruiting class as a whole. I think you can be encouraged for what Kansas has coming into this season. If you look at where they compare to other teams in the Big 12, now granted, a lot of things can change between now and National Signing Day in a, just a couple weeks. You know, guys can decommit. Okay, you could add a couple guys. You don't know. Recruiting is such a volatile thing these days. You just never know what's going to happen until those guys, you know, put pen to paper and sign their name to KU. But for right now, KU ranks number 43 in the nation. That is up from last year where they were 70th in the nation. So you've got a top 50 recruiting class. You're number seven in the Big 12. So it seems like the guys that are coming in right now are better than the guys leaving the program. And I think that's a big deal for KU going forward. And that's something that I've talked about on the podcast before, is as long as the guys that are leaving the program, if the guys coming in are better than the guys leaving, then that is something that should be a positive sign for KU fans going forward. Because you know the ceilings of these freshmen that are coming in, they may not be able to perform in year one, maybe not even year two, but you're hoping by the time that these guys are juniors and seniors that they are able to perform at a higher level than the guys that are performing right now. By stacking good recruiting class after good recruiting class, that's going to help you build some depth. That's going to help shorten that talent gap too when you see injuries. You know, how much have injuries plagued KU this season in terms of guys that they've missed? You know, Drew Prox, Corin Harris, that's impacted KU. Now, if you have a lot more depth with the talent and stacking those recruiting classes, then you're able to sustain those the, the play on the field with you know with the injuries that come with playing football. So, in terms of KU, you know this season may not have gone as fans hoped. You know you don't make the bowl game, but I think there's positives within this season. You look at some of the performances against Boston College at Texas at home to Texas Tech. There are positives going forward, and I think that it does look like for right now at least KU is pointed in the right direction. So that's all the time we have for today. As always, stay tuned to Fog.net for all sorts of great KU football, KU basketball, recruiting coverage. Um, basketball season is about to start picking up. Big 12 play is just around the corner. As I mentioned, National Signing Day is just a few weeks away, and that's going to be a really big deal for KU, kind of getting those guys all locked up, and some of them maybe even enrolling early uh, going into next season. And spring ball, that'll start. It, it, it will be here sooner than we know it. So as always, you can follow me on Twitter at msway 97 If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a rating or review on iTunes. We'd love to see all the feedback. Uh, and with that said, we'll talk to you next Saturday after the Colorado-Kansas basketball game.